Hello and welcome to episode one of Mel and Sam in New York City. And hi everyone, we're really excited to to take Ryder on the road for the very first time and here we are in Astoria in New York and having a wonderful time of it. We have been a long time getting to this point. For those of you that know us, I'm Mel. And I'm Sam. And Sam has been... She's been my techie and she's been the one who's been getting Ryder on the road and the hundred and nearly 60 episodes up and running for me now. Uh, I do all the easy bits. I get to talk to people and Sam's had to do all the hard work behind the scenes. Um, But now that I've got her in front of the microphone, uh, she's sort of come into her glory, into her element here in in the big city or the greatest city in the world because we are really focused and honing down on uh, theatre and I guess bookshops, lots and lots of bookshops. Uh, so that's what our, our series will be about. We're hoping to keep each of them to around the 10 minute mark. And what we're hoping to bring you is a slice of life on what writer on the road will be in the future. We'll still be doing our long form interviews, but over time, I want to be able to take, take you around the world and visit all the uh, what do you call them? Cities. No, not cities. <laughs> I want to take you around the world and I want to go to all the book fairs and festivals and all those kinds of things. Yes. I've been meaning to get to London for a long time now and I want to get to Frankfurt. And Ooh. Sam, I'm assuming you won't mind coming along with me. Oh, I think I can handle it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, I can make that sacrifice for you. Yeah. Now today's music, or today's intro music, uh, we were given permission to use that by the the team at... Um... Assistance the Musical, which is an off-Broadway production playing in New York. Yeah, now I've been trying to remember this thing we've had to record three times and I keep forgetting the names. That's why I've got Sam with me, everybody. I'm an old lady now. Um, But before we uh, talk a little bit more about that musical and the bookshops that we've been visiting, uh, I want to start off with a quote, and it's from a quote of the very first book when I got here, oh, what, three whole days ago now. It's called Keep Going uh, by Austin Cleon. Now all of you know who he is, um, author of Steel Like an Artist. I've now got all three of his books in uh, hard copy, which I'm really excited about up to now. I've just had the digital copies. And what this is, what he's spoken about is creativity has its seasons. And he quotes a lady by the name of... Carita Kent. Carita Kent. And she's moved across the country from LA to Boston. And she's talking about how she lives quietly and makes her art. Her apartment has a big bay window and a maple tree out front. And she likes to sit there and observe the tree uh, changing throughout the seasons. And this is the part I like. She has learned from that tree. The beauty it produced in spring was only because of of what it went through during the winter. And sometimes the harshest winters yielded the most glorious springs. And Sam, I don't know about you, but again, some of you know this story, but some of you don't. We've had a pretty uh, hard few years of it where we've had to knuckle down and earn some money and work very, very hard. And we had our young scholars writing workshops. We ran our online courses and we did Rider on the Road and I was teaching and Sam was at school and now uni. But now we think spring has come and we want to take you along for the journey. Um, I don't know if we'll be as successful as Austin Cleo's friend, uh, Carita Kent, as she's moved across from LA to uh, New York. We probably moved she's from... Moved yes. Yeah, yes. we'll move from, I don't know, um, Brisbane to Stanthorpe. Uh, <laughs> but we're pretty excited about everything that's happening here. Um, and what yeah. I want to talk to you about today is, first of all, the bookshops that we've been to. And again, that's where Sam comes in because I can't remember the names of any of them and I've got very sore feet. But then I want to kick in and talk a little bit about the musical as well. If you are just joining us for the first time, 
Our website is Rider on the Road, www.rideronthered.com. Uh, we have been doing long-form interviews for 150, 160 episodes now. And I'm leaving that in the capable hands for the time being of my friends back in Australia, Pam and Kill from Rights for Women and Sarah Williams of Write With Love. But I'll, I'll put, those, um, put both those podcasts in the, in the show notes for you to have a look at. The other people I want to mention, and they'll be with us along for the journey of 10 Minutes with Sam and Mel, <laughs> and one of them is Travel Writers Radio. Travel Writers Radio has been with me right from the very beginning, and Graham Kemlo as the one who got me started. Now I've been working with him over at Travel Writers Radio and sending in sporadic interviews. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm nowhere near as reliable as I should be. God damn it. Uh, and he puts up most of my work over there. And I'd love if anyone wants to um, or is interested in travel or travel writing or seeing the exotic places in the world, pop over to Travel Writers Radio. Radio. You can catch an exclusive interview with the co-creators of Assistance the Musical that we did yesterday on Travel Writers Radio in the near future, so keep tuned. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. (laughs) (laughs) And the other person who's along for the ride is my beautiful, beautiful friend, Naomi, and she has a Place in the Sun blog spot over at Instagram, and she's been collecting a very nice uh, group of book reviews over there, and her, her book reviewing service is growing hand over fist. And she's just recently uh, read a book called The One by Kaniana May. And Kaniana's going to jump on the podcast with me, which I'm really, really excited. But in the meantime, have a look at A Place in the Sun over on Instagram and and read Naomi's review of that. Uh, Naomi will be putting a page up on our website for her. And if anyone's interested in getting a book review, please pop over and see her as well. For the first time in the last two or three years, I'm also introducing Patreon. Now, I haven't done this before because I went through the whole stage of I've had an excellent life and I've been giving back all this time. But now we are hitting the road and we'll be travelling around. And if you want to travel around with us, um, please feel free to support us in any way you can. And I don't care if you don't, but it'd be nice if you do. Definitely. (laughs) Okay, over to books, over to book shopping. I'll tell you before um, I hand over to Sam here. I bought this wonderful book called Lady Killers, Deadly Women Through History by Tori Telfer. And so I'll be talking a lot about uh, women assassins uh, in the near future. Awesome. So kicking into our spring rider on the road, our metaphorical spring. Not a literal spring. It's summer here and very hot, but that's okay because we've been in cool places like bookshops and theatres. So, so far we have visited four bookshops in as many days, much to the distress of my sister and Mel's daughter. Um, and among the ones we've visited have been the awesome um, Kanokunia, which is in near Bryant Park in the centre of New York City, um, which also has a branch in Sydney, Australia. We've also visited the Astoria Bookshop, the Powerhouse Arena under Brooklyn Bridge, and the Strand, which famously features 18 miles of bookshelves. Now, before we go into some more detail about each of these, which was your favourite? of these four mel i've got to tell you everyone that i hated the 18 mile bookshop I went it was in. very strange yeah <laughs> it, it was the last bookshop we visited uh and i had very sore feet by the time i got there after four days of non-stop walking over brooklyn bridge um but the reality of it is 
I feel that bookshops are supposed to be intimate affairs. And I love going into bookshops everywhere we go. We know so many in Australia now. And coming to New York, I've got to admit that we've got every bookshop on our list. Um, but going into that one, I felt a little bit disoriented because it looked like to me, and I'm going to get into trouble with Sam doesn't agree, <laughs> but it looked like the big W of, <laughs> of um, bookshops because it didn't have the atmosphere that I was used to. Now, we will go back and I will get used to it, but I'd love everybody else's feedback on that one. Do we like the intimacy of a cosy bookshop? And my favourite one so far, and I don't know if Sam mentioned it, is the bookshop in Astoria. Yeah, the we'll, Astoria bookshop. Yeah, and we'll be having, I think it's Lexi. Yeah. She'll be coming on and she'll be chatting with us uh, during this series, which is really exciting. And she had the most amazing things in there and I could find them because there was only probably, I don't know, <laughs> three or four dozen shelves of them, um, mm. which, which I loved. And I could talk to her and um, book readings and all that kind of stuff. The big bookshop has it as well, but I think I'm a little bit old-fashioned in that respect. Yeah, I mean, I will admit it was very overwhelming and I did buy the most books out of anywhere at the Astoria Bookshop, so there's something to be said there, I guess. Yeah, but personally, I like the Strand because I got a lot of books and they were really cheap. It's been a really interesting experience coming to see all these bookshops in New York because there's just there's such like a diverse range of like atmospheres you can go for, which is like a bit different to Australia because it tends to be, you know, like only a couple you can choose from. But having like the diversity of like places to go and bookshops to see means that you can kind of pick and choose your own adventure in your own atmosphere which means if you're like Mel you can avoid the big ones and go for like the tiny little out of the way ones but you can also like find pretty much anything you're looking for which I thought was great well I've got to tell you everybody I have not yet found a Millsy <laughs> I have a whole episode planned where I go Millsy hunting she's planning to go to Walmart yes I expected to see our Aussie authors everywhere I have only seen one as the author, it was Kate Morton, and what really excited me about that one was, and I'll be speaking more about this, is it was the uh, clock, clockmaker's daughter, and it had a cover on it, and it was just a silhouette of a face, mm. and I was beside myself with excitement, because my miner's wife has the silhouette of a <laughs> face, and I think these books are twins. Uh, so, of course, I wrote The Miner's Wife a long time before um, Kate Morton <laughs> wrote this one and mine's a literary tomb of a Ahead thing. Of times. Yeah, <laughs> written, written um, for my PhD back in the good old days. And my designer designed this cover, so I'm pretty excited to tell him that his designs are right up there with the big times of um, our beautiful <laughs> friend Kate Morton. Um, and I will put a picture up on Instagram to show that those two covers are so so similar. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, I think definitely one of like the weirdest parts about going into all these bookshops is the new like American versions of the covers. I've been like, oh, I, I've read this, but I don't remember seeing that on the cover. It's been really strange. But interesting, I guess, to like get an insight into how different demographics are marketed to yeah it's an educational trip and and we'll move right along uh we will be doing uh one of our 10 minute spots will be on the books that we've been buying as i said i have my a junior techie sitting along beside us and what she's been doing is keeping a spreadsheet of all the <laughs> money we've spent on books and unfortunately it's adding up to more than our it's very unfortunate yes. yeah so so because we're being watched we have to be a little bit careful but we do have an interview for you today we do have the assistance the musical it was just the most amazing thing for for those of us who are creatives, mm. those of us who are artistic and, and writers, it had all the wonderful cliches that we know uh, turned around and it was about, I guess, Hollywood taking on uh, the greatest city in the world and yeah. winning because this, this uh, musical has won so many awards already and will go on to do bigger things, uh, talking about coming to Australia. But the things that came out of it were that 
writers write was, yeah. was one of the cliches and all that thing about writing what you know and finding your own voice it was it was a brilliant um I guess interpretation wasn't it yeah it was awesome um so just for a little plot summary for those of you who don't know the musical's about four assistants the assistant to a Hollywood a Hollywood writer agent producer and actress and their trials and tribulations as they try to advance their own careers at the expense of their of each other and of their bosses. It was a really great opportunity to see one of our first pieces of New York theatre. We did also see an awesome production called Antigone in Ferguson, which we're we'll talking about in a future episode. Um, but just to see, like, it was such a small space because it was off-Broadway rather than in one of the huge theatres in Manhattan. But it was really cool to see how, like, the level of professional acting and, like, the, the polish that was in this production. It was really engaging and exciting. Yeah, and we'll, we'll kick into the interview now. And just as we're closing up, I want to go back to our friend Austin Cleon because I love circular things. I love how they all round out. When I was in that 18-mile bookshop yesterday, I very nearly picked up a book and bought it because I want to see what the, the current American writing is and what the cutting-edge writing is. And it was, um, I think it was 20 writers or 40 writers um, between 20 and 40 and it was all those young writers, and that's where you really, really get things that are happening that are exciting on the edges. And then I picked up um, Austin Cleon's book as I was reading it in the bath this morning and got it a little bit wetter than I should. Says, <laughs> yeah, she picks up her book and she's like, why is this wet? And I'm like, well, did you put it in a puddle? And she's like, I had it in the bath. And I'm like, maybe that's why. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and, and the quote here is, our lives too have different seasons. Some of us blossom at a young age. Others don't blossom until old age. Our culture mostly celebrates early successes, the people who bloom fast, but those people who often wither and die as quickly as they bloom. It's for this reason I ignore every 35 under 35 list published. I'm so glad I didn't buy that book. I'm interested in perennials. I only want to read the 8 over 80s lists. And as um, Austin Cleo says, it's only when you get to the ripe old age that you have something to say. And oh, that... rip. <laughs> and that Thanks, me... Mel. Yeah, well, that made me really interested. I thought we might go and we might explore some of our, I guess, our elders in the writing industry yeah. who have something to pass on to the rest of us. Okay, would you like to introduce our speakers for today? Oh, so today we're hearing from Brian and Manny, who co-wrote Assistance the Musical. Um, you can find out more about them on assistancemusical.com, their website. But we hear about the way that the musical is inspired by their personal lives, um, the link between their own writing careers and their career assistants and the musical they've produced on stage, and the difficulty of finding out, of finally finishing a project and letting it rest. Yeah, and I think we hear a lot about failure as well. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay, we'll only play a snippet of the interview today, and for the full episode, pop over to Travel Writers Radio and Graham Kemlow over there, who's doing an amazing job. Don't forget, you can support us on Patreon, and we'll talk to you, I guess, for 10 minutes tomorrow. Bye, everyone. Everything I do, I do for you, and I won't let you down. Nothing will stand in my way. You can count on me. I'll make your life easy. I'll make everything so perfect for you. Every day. I'm sitting off Broadway in Greenwich Village, New York City, and I have with me Brian and Manny from Assistance the Musical. Welcome, Brian and Manny. Hello. Hey, hey. Thanks so much for coming. Yeah, uh, all the nice. way to the New way. York City just for our show. All the way from <laughs> Australia, one flight, nonstop. Just for us. Yeah. And you didn't know us. 
you never met us before, <laughs> and you said, this show looks funny, this is worth a trip to the States. Private jet. Yes. That's exactly how it happened, everybody, yeah. and now <laughs> here we are. And the amazing thing is, it is all about writing, writing success or not, uh-huh. and uh, I guess being a success on Hollywood. That's right. So uh, we actually started the show in Hollywood, which, um, if you're not familiar with the geography of the States, New York and LA are not the same, and they like to let you know that. But we started the show in Hollywood. We both worked in LA as assistants, and then we developed the show there, and we have both since moved to New York, which is where theater is a little bit more prevalent, and decided to try the show here, and this is our off-Broadway run. Yeah. yeah, and very successful, I believe it is too. I was reading a little bit last night when we we decided to come to your show. Uh-huh. You've had some success, haven't you? Yeah, we won a couple awards in LA. We won a producers award for uh, which extended the show, which actually clo- this date was our closing date. Yeah, you posted that online. Yeah, yeah. our closing amazing. date five years ago. Five in, in years that. ago, and we won best full length musical world premiere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was part of the Hollywood Fringe. And we won a couple awards from Time Out LA. Um, there's a company that called us. I don't know. They really liked our poster, so we won oh, something. We won that. something like that. I don't know. There's a couple of things. Anything that they gave us just boosted our ego, um, <laughs> which is hard to have to actually get get in LA, <laughs> in Hollywood. Right. For somebody to make you, you take feel good. any victory possible, because it's Hollywood in LA is pretty much just full of absolute failure, constant failure. Um, and that's one of the things that we depict in this show. It's Liz, our actress character, goes through that journey of constantly dealing with failure, which is something, I mean, you're gonna, if you're gonna get in this industry, unless you're very lucky, you're gonna be rejected. You're gonna deal with absolute, um, you know, personal destruction with your own life of why am I doing this? Doubts, because every turn, everything you do, even if you get a victory, it will could be immediately taken away from you. And that's kind of Liz's journey. She's constantly being beaten down to the ground, beaten down to the ground. I can't tell you how many rejection letters from everything I've ever tried to do in my <laughs> life. It pretty much replaces wallpaper in my apartment. That's true. Like, it's true. It's, it's, it's sad, but it's hard because you know, the benefit is, the positive to it is that you're not the only one who's constantly failing. Everyone who's doing exactly what you're doing is failing just as much. So statistically, we're all just a bunch of failures. <laughs> uh, and when, is that uplifting for is your that listeners? Uplifting? But that's kind of a good thing because then when you do succeed, it's worth so much more. Uh, it's like soccer. Um, how? Because, you know, you run around the field for so long and you keep missing. And then when you get that one goal, everyone like tears off their shirt because they're so happy. Yeah. And that's what we've done every performance. We take our shirts off. Our performance is exactly like soccer. <laughs> Um, or football, <laughs> depending on I don't know what do you, how do you call what do you call it in Australia. No, yeah, you have Australian football, which is that's the yeah, most aggressive Australian thing I've ever seen. Anyway, football. we got off topic. Yeah, let's just t- let's interview you <laughs> about football in Australia. Okay, and moving right along. Uh, <laughs> now, the you touched a little bit on the themes and the topic of the show, and it was about succeeding in the hardest game of all which is i guess theater mm-hmm. and how the f- all four characters failed in their own way 
And those four characters, one had connections. He was the son of somebody famous. Uh, one girl had her dream job of the assistant of someone famous. That was Tara. Uh, we had the up-and-coming agent who was prepared to use and abuse anybody to get where he wanted to go. And then we had our actress, actress Liz, who was prepared to flash her breasts in order to, <laughs> to move forward, which um, touched a bit of a nerve with all of us as we rolled around the floors laughing because we've just come off the Me Too That's movement. True. Yeah. And at the end of it all, uh, whether we be writers, actors, playwrights, any kind of artists, we do go through constant failure, and that um, came through very strongly, as, you, as you've already said, isn't it? But there was an uplifting moment in the play, as there always is in soccer. Uh, <laughs> your character uh, was ultimately successful in the end, and I'm referring to Terra. She mm -hmm. was a playwright in her own right in the end, and I did mention that I was going to mention that wonderful line, as she said to the agent who screwed her over all throughout the play, when she was successful with her play, she said, go fuck yourself. Mm -hmm. Now, I just <laughs> felt as a writer myself, we all dream of being able to say that yeah. to every agent who has ever rejected us. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's one person who came to see the show who is a uh, documentary filmmaker, a friend, and he said at the end, afterward, he said, I have one problem with the show. She would have never said, go fuck yourself. She would have said, what time's the meeting? And I said, no, you missed the point. Yeah. <laughs> because that character is now on her own terms. And that's what we were interested in looking at. Is uh, the, the character's journey for her is she said, I'm trying to make a successful product. I'm trying to write something. But she was copying everything else and copying what um, Hollywood has already produced. And it wasn't until she breaks down those barriers and finds her own voice that she finally gets successful. And then Hollywood chases her. So it was like a little switcheroo at the end. She's chasing what has worked, and then at the end, they're chasing her because what she is doing works. Yeah, and the artist in every one of us recognised the, the clichés along the way are writers right, yeah. and <laughs> you've got to find your own voice, and everyone in the audience was just laughing. <laughs> so not only have you created this wonderfully topical story, because everyone wants to be a writer and everyone wants to be famous nowadays, you've also touched on all our deepest doubts and fears as we go along, and as you said, it's been your own journey as writers as well. stand in my way you can count on me i'll make your life easy i'll make everything so perfect for you every day answer the call answer the phone no further comment they leave you alone field all the questions fight all the press no You handle writing, I handle mess Everything I do, I do for you I make everything so perfect No ma'am, I'm still here Yes, that's right, okay You take a left on fountain and it's the third right No, the third right Three rights! Okay you're gonna wanna turn around. Call me at home, call me at night. No further call. 
time to write Call me naughty Call me naive But there's more than your desk That I aim to achieve I'm the first one in I'm the last to go Planting the seeds So my career can grow No further comment All you know Thank you.